God is good, yes? yes. Hallelujah. Why worship? Why worship? You know, it is, it, it, it's one thing to be uh, busy in the church and to do all sorts of things in the life of the church. And there's so many different facets of church life that are just a blessing. And all of them in some way, as Pastor Paul pointed out last week, are, are all acts of worship as we serve. Serving is an act of worship. But uh, also there is the time when you and I need to come and be before the Lord and honor the Lord by coming to Him and standing before Him or kneeling before Him or just sitting before Him and worshiping God. And especially as we come together like this, it's a great opportunity, it's a great thing to be able to worship the Lord. Jesus said that if we worship God, we need to worship in spirit and in truth. And, and, and he, Jesus said, and, and Father God loves that. He desires such to worship Him. And so uh, there is an invitation to worship God. And when you think about it, it is a huge, huge privilege to be able to come into the presence of a holy God. Yes? It really is a huge privilege. And back in the day, in the Old Testament times, uh, there was a time in the, the history of Israel that the people, that Israel was in decline. And uh, the prophets were prophesying that it would be a very serious decline. And during this time, some of the priests forgot about God and forgot to serve Him and, and just started to bring idols into the temple. And there was all sorts of things that were happening. But there was a family of priests, of, of, uh, there was the household of Zadok, that really held on to true worship and on to serving God. And when we come into the book of Ezekiel in chapter 44, we're going to read a bit there. So, Father, we pray as we open your word together that you'll teach us, Lord, from your word. Your word is a living word. Lord, your word is relevant. Lord, down through the history, it's been relevant. It is still relevant today. We thank you, Father, and I pray as we open our hearts and sit in your presence that you, Holy Spirit, will make your word live again for us. That, Lord, in it all we might see Jesus and see him high and lifted up. Lord, help us to be true worshipers, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So here it says, that The Levites who went far from me, when Israel went astray and who wandered from me after their idols must bear the consequences of their sin. They may serve in my sanctuary and having charge of the gates of the temple and serving in it, they may slaughter the burnt offerings and sacrifices for the people and stand before the people and serve them. But because they served them in the presence of their idols and made the people of Israel fall into sin, therefore I've sworn with uplifted hand that they must bear the consequences of their sin, declares the sovereign Lord. They are not to come near to serve me as priests or come near any of my holy things or my most holy offerings. They must bear the shame of their detestable practices. And I will appoint them to guard the temple for all the work that is to be done in it. But the Levitical priests who are the descendants of Zadok and who guarded my sanctuary when the Israelites went astray from me, they are to come near to minister before me. They are to stand before me 
to offer sacrifices of fat and blood, declares the sovereign Lord. They alone uh, are to enter my sanctuary. They alone are to come near my table to minister before me and serve me as guards. And so God makes a distinction here and says there are some people that can come before me and serve me, and there are some people that can just be in the outer court and, and just serve out there and do stuff for the people and help the people and prepare the sacrifices and do things. But uh, I'm sorry, because of the sin in their lives, they can't come near to me and minister to me personally. It is a privilege says God, to be able to come before me and to minister before me. Do not take it lightly. That's God's, what God was saying. And so for you and I, as Christians, to be invited to come into the presence of this wonderful God that we serve, with all His holiness, with all His grandeur, with all His beauty, with all of His glory, He still says to you and I that you... Come near to me, and you are welcome to come into my presence and to worship me in my holy place, you see. And the reason is, is because of Jesus, that his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And this privilege, this huge honor of being able to come before God without a sense of guilt, without a sense of unworthiness, without a sense of shame, without a sense of failure, that we can come into God's holy presence because of Jesus. You ask me, why should we worship? Because of Jesus because of the Father God who invites us to come, who's cleansed us by his blood, who's, who's made us new creations in Christ Jesus. And he says, come before me boldly. Don't hang back. You're welcome into the presence of God. And so we, 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 should, we should grab every opportunity that we have to be able to come before him. What an honor. What a privilege. You know, in the old covenant days, the veil stopped people from coming in to the very presence of God in the old temple. But when Jesus died on the cross, the moment his life was going on the cross, the Bible says that that old veil that separated the people, only the high priest could come in there. Only the priest could get there. But that veil was split in two as God broke out of the confines because of the shed blood of Jesus and says, welcome, welcome to my presence. Welcome, you can come before me at any point. As Christians in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says this, but you are a chosen, this is, this is you, this is you, but you're a chosen people. This is the people of excitement. This is the church, hallelujah. This is people who, who have acknowledged Jesus as their Savior and Lord. He said, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. So there is this royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may what? Declare the praises of him. That, you be, that you'll be a worshiping person, hallelujah, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
In chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Right there, it's worship again. We've been brought out of darkness into light. And a priest stands before the Lord and ministers. And we are like the sons. We're not sons of Zadok. We're sons with Jesus Christ. We're sons of the Most High God. We have royalty and, 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 and we have this ministry to be able to come before the Lord of a priest and stand before the Lord and minister. There is no higher calling than to be a worshipper of the Most High God and anybody can be that. This is not a special privilege for some certain people who've reached some sort of standard of holiness. This is all of us. Hallelujah. That God welcomes us to come. It is such a joy. It's such a privilege. Think about it. What an incredible thing that ordinary people, lives stained by sin and rebellion, can now come boldly into God's presence. This is what Jesus has done for you and me. His blood has opened the way back to God. He is the Lamb of God. Imagine being eternally moved from God's presence. Imagine if we had no access. Imagine if we were without this privilege that we've just enjoyed this morning of being able to come before a holy God, knowing that we're forgiven, knowing that we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Knowing that old things have passed away and everything has become new. What? Imagine if that was cut off from us. There would never a time we could come before the Lord. We're chosen, forgiven, cleansed, sanctified, and welcomed into his presence. Makes you want to bow before him, I think. Makes you want to worship him, doesn't it? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all the earth is full of his glory. In the book of Revelation, it says, chapter 5 and verse 11, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering. Man, I don't know about you, but it's not a bad thing to go to heaven. (laughs) Some have made it before us, but I tell you what, it's not a bad thing to be free. It's not all bad. The thing is, for Christians, death has lost its sting, hasn't it? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so in heaven, angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. Imagine that. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. And they weren't whispering this. No, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory forever and forever and forever. Hallelujah. Heaven is full of worship. Hallelujah. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and they worshipped. And one day you're going to be there. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. But now while we're in this old body, we can worship here. What, what are some of the blessings of being able to worship God? 
Well, I thought about this, and number one, I thought, and, and Pastor Paul brought this out, we, we find a right perspective when we worship. Yeah. Psalm 34 and verse 3 says, uh, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Amen? In Luke chapter 1 and verse 46 to 49, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And Mary was worshiping here. Pete was telling us the story. And he's saying, oh, God has done great things for me. That's why he's a worshiper. And, 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 and so these, the psalmist David says, magnify the Lord. Now, you know, when you get a magnifying glass and you look through it and you look at the, the, the object, does the object get bigger? Yes. No. <laughs> Fifteen love. No, it doesn't get any better. It just looks bigger. And when we come before the Lord and begin to magnify, does God get any bigger than he is? No, he's already almighty. He's already wonderful. He just, he doesn't. But through our lifetime, as the mountains get bigger and the problems stack up, funnily enough, God begins to look smaller and smaller and smaller in the light of the difficulties that we face. But when we come to worship, we say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. In other words, as we begin to stand in his presence and worship and sit and, and just worship the Lord, all of a sudden, God begins to appear. He begins to ascend to his rightful place in your eyes as the worshiper. And the other problems become into their right place. We used to sing the old song, turn Upon Jesus and what? Look full in his wonderful face and what? The things of earth will strangely get smaller and smaller. They'll get strangely dim in the light of his glory. That's the privilege of worship. That's why we need to worship so that we get a right perspective on what is happening in life and we see God high and lifted up, hallelujah, with all things under his feet. And our problems begin to diminish, hallelujah, as we worship God. The second thing about the privilege of being a worshiper, uh, the reward of being a worshiper is, is blessings follow the worshiper. Boy, I've noticed this. I've noticed that the people who are free in worship the blessing of God just keeps following those people. And Psalm, uh, Exodus 23, verse 25, and a few verses down to 31, it says, Worship the Lord your God, and what? And his blessing will be on your food and your supply, God's supply. Your, God will look after you. God will meet your needs. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord your God, and I will take away sickness from among you. You can't sit too long in God's presence 
without his divine presence touching your body and your soul. Hallelujah. It says, worship the Lord your God and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. One of the keys to fruitfulness in the kingdom of God is to be a worshiping person. Hallelujah. If you will become a worshiper of the Most High, then the blessing of God will start to follow you, become, become a fruitful. And I will give you a full lifespan. Hallelujah. A full, a full lifespan. Yes. Praise God. 120 years. Oh, Lord, don't hang around that long, will you, Pete? Pete gave the, Pete's parents gave, him, gave God the option of taking him. And God said, no thanks, send him back. Thankfully, says Dev, fair enough. Wait a minute, what else? I will send my terror ahead of you and throw unto confusion every nation you encounter. That's good. The enemy, it says, I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. Hallelujah. We need a bit of this. This is the, this is the blessing upon worshipers. You say, why should I worship? Well, read it. This is what follows the worshipers of the Most High God. These are the ones that come into the presence of God. These are the ones that get here on Sunday mornings and begin to gather with the people and begin to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. There it is. And you've got a few enemies. You've got a few people, a few others, and a few things that would like to push you down. And then it says, if you worship the Lord your God, I will establish your borders. Bless God. That, now, there's a good word for somebody. Because over my, I found that, you know, if we, if we forget to worship, if we get to live for God, we get to, to, then the enemy begins to close in on us and begins to restrict us and begins to close us down, hallelujah, and begins to diminish our borders. But God says, you worship me and I'll establish your borders, hallelujah. Oh, I love it. Quick, over the page. Number three, God's authority is established in the earth. This is the third blessing. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, Yet you are holy, O you, who are enthroned upon what? God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. Other versions of the Bible in, in that translation of that verse is God inhabits the praises or lives in the praises of his people. Another version says he rests in our praises. Another says he sits down when we are worshipping. He comes and he, he rests among the worshipping congregation. Hallelujah. The worshipping congregation will get breakthrough after breakthrough. The worshipping people. Hallelujah. And you see, God, God lives. When, when we are worshipped, one of the most important things we do for this town and for the surrounding areas is we open in worship on a Sunday morning. And the throne, the, the, the reigning authority of God in the spiritual world is established among the worship. And this allows, uh, this allows uh, the, the Lord to reign over situations that would normally be reigned over by demonic power. But the worshiper pushes back and extends the borders of the, of the kingdom of God, hallelujah, in the spiritual sense 
And it's so important. And, and the, your father waits for Sunday morning in New Zealand because we're the first up. Hallelujah. And that's why New Zealand is blessed with a worshipping, singing church all through the country. And the most important thing we can do when we come into the house of the Lord is to be open to God. Say, Lord, be enthroned this morning over our nation. Be enthroned over our, my household. Be enthroned, Lord. And as we worship Him, we magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and God is blessed and encouraged. He waits for the church to get up in the morning. Hallelujah. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here, to worship God Sunday morning. It's a priority for Sophia and I to be somewhere in the house of the Lord. Yes. I love it. Blessed be the Lord. I remember, I remember uh, uh, one time we, the, the worship in the church was, I mean, we were standing there just worshiping God and the musicians were playing. And we need some more musicians. Come on, people, dig out that. Dig out the old violin. Dig out the... Give the old voice a bit of a polish up. Help us with this. But uh, we were worshipping and the music was going and the trumpets were blowing, the violins were playing. I'm worshipping God and and church and just before that. And all of a sudden, on comes the video in my my mind. As I began to see it and what I I saw was as the church worship. There, there were angels, and the, the angels were coming, and they were laying down paving stones like this. And the more we worked, the faster, and they're pushing back the, 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 the jungle and the things like that. And they were laying these foundation stones as the church worshipped, and they were free. And, we're, and, and, and it was a, it was, I said, Lord, God said, as the church worships, it paves the way for evangelism. In this world, in the spirit world, we've got to understand that there is a connection between heaven and earth. And one of the connecting things of faith is worship. Hallelujah. And then interesting was a few a, a, a week or so, we were in the process of, of, of we we're going to take an offering in, in our church in Auckland uh, to, to uh, provide medical help down the Mekong River in Thailand. We found out that there was a million people as refugees had come down to the river. And, uh, and they were there. There was no medical help. There was no education. There was no churches. And so we decided to, to take an offering and we were going to buy a boat and we're going to supply medical people, doctors, nurses, dentists, and we were going to send this boat up and down the Mekong River and just minister to those people on the river, you see. So we're going to take this offering on a Sunday night and, and we, we did a thing. We got a dinghy on the side. I said, come on, put your offering in the dinghy. And we're going to buy a boat. And this is what we're going to do, you see. Well, we were worshipping. And God said, I'm preparing for this in my heart. So we did this. We took the, the funny thing was that that offering, it was meant to be about, about 45000 I think we could do this at that time. The offering went more than double that. So we brought two boats, and we got two teams, and they are there going up and down that river to this day. And now they've established churches up and down that river. But I believe it started to happen as the church was worshipping that the angels of God were laying down a pathway for things to happen, to bless God. Hallelujah. I believe in these things. I believe. Well, 
you see this. What else have I got here? They all know that we've got to be careful here because I want to talk about extravagant worship. Sorry, it's got to happen. Sometimes when you come into a church like this, you, you can find the, the worship a bit extravagant. You say, well, don't go over the top. I mean, you know, I can, do, I can handle a bit of clapping. And if you want to raise your well, that's okay. But, you know, not too loud. And, and, and just, you know, be, be gentle. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under what? I might get carried away, so I'll just water the throat. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, look what happened. Luke chapter 19, verse 36. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Hallelujah. We've seen a miracle. We've heard about a miracle here with Pete. And I tell you, there's another miracle that Deb married him. That's an outstanding miracle. (laughs) 30 love. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So all these people are praising Jesus and putting down their cloaks and waving the palm trees and everything else. They're shouting out. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. This has got to stop. Jesus said, he looked them straight in the eye. I tell you what he said. He said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. There is a time for extravagant worship. There is a time where we open up our hearts and our voices and our lives and allow God to flow through us by His Spirit and begin to worship God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Paul shared last week that David danced before the Lord with all of his might. He was out there dancing and jumping and praising God as the presence, the ark of God came back into the city after its absence for so long and he's dancing and rejoicing and his wife said, you are stupid man. You made a, def- you made a show of yourself. And uh, she was barren from that day. Barrenness in the church and lack of evangelism comes from the church going quiet. And the people not understanding the joy of worship and the power of worship. Hallelujah. Thing is, the Pharisees told Jesus to tell his disciples to settle down. They had no idea. Those men had no idea who Jesus was or what he was doing. And they did not understand the day of their visitation. The thing we need to understand is this. What is normal and what is abnormal? It's gone quiet. I'll tell you what normal is. Normal is a small response to a small event. Yeah? Abnormal is a huge response to a small event. Here is normal. Small 
event. Pastor Paul has got new socks on this morning. And I, he tells me, he says, I got a new pair of socks. Now, a normal response to that is, good on, good. And I'll move on, thanks. Imagine if he comes to me, this is abnormal. Small event, big response. Paul says to me, I've got new socks this morning. Oh, wow! <laughs> new socks! Man, Sophia, come and have a look at his socks! He, they are black! And the f- texture of them, and the wool. Man, look at the, that is amazing. Tony, come and have a look at these socks. That, you're going like this? No, I... You say, you know, if, if I did that to that, you'd say, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> see you later. Because it's abnormal, isn't it? See, it's abnormal. So abnormal is... and now, Okay, now normal is big event, big response. Yeah? It's like... It's like um, what, who we say? It's like I uh, oh, will stick with Pete and Deb. They're they're in the in the gun today. <laughs> they come and tell me they come into church this morning and they say to me, "Guess what?" I say what? We won Powerball last night. Twelve million. Oh, I'd say whoa! Twelve million. My best friend. <laughs> My best friend, this is amazing. He probably didn't because he didn't take a ticket or whatever. We're not recommending this, but just say this happened. But there he is, and he's won 12 million, and I'm going, yes, go, guys. All the problems, a lot of new house, new whatever, you know, bless his family, bless his whanau, hallelujah, what a great thing. Yeah, guys, guess what's happened to these guys? And you say, well, yeah, fair enough. Here's abnormal. Big event. Small response. Pete comes to me and says, guess what? We won lottery last night, 12 million. Oh, did you? I'll see you later then. You say, wait a minute, that's a great thing that's just happened there. That's changed their life. Oh, well, yeah, but what's for lunch? (laughs) That's abnormal. See? That's abnormal. What sort of response would be normal when we hear that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, has died on the cross for our sins, paid the death penalty, and forgiven me totally, cleansed me, invites me to come into his presence anytime I choose, and gives me the gift of eternal life to live with him in heaven forever? What sort of response should I give to that? What is normal? What is normal? Oh, that's interesting. Wonder what's for lunch today. You'd say, wait a minute, Ed. Something great has just happened. Oh, yeah. All right. What sort of response is normal when we read that Jesus has risen from the dead? and destroyed the authority of the devil and then says, because I live, you will live also. You say, oh, oh, music's a bit loud. 
What's for lunch? Listen, even when the All Blacks score a good try, I'm off my seat and say, yeah! That's a bit abnormal. It's only a small event. Unless it's the final in the World Cup later on. I tell you, when I think about Jesus Christ and when I think about Almighty God, I cannot just sit there and say, oh, well, that's interesting. I'll stand to my feet. I'll raise my face and my hands to God in heartfelt worship. I will sing a little louder and I will rejoice in my God. Hallelujah. I may even move my feet. God forbid in church. I may even raise a shout of praise to him who has conquered death and sin and adopted me of one of his kids. Hallelujah. I cannot sit still. It would be abnormal for me to stand with my hands in my pockets and say, man, I wish this was... That's abnormal. I don't want to be like the religious Pharisees of Jesus' day who missed it completely and said, oh, yeah, oh, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the demon-possessed are clothed in their right mind, the dead are being raised. And for me to say, oh, well, forget that. Let's kill him. Even the children knew the day of their visitation. Perhaps you're sitting here this morning and you've, all your life, you've missed the truth about Jesus. You somehow, you never got it. You just have never really connected Maybe you've never really understood that Jesus Christ is the Son of Almighty God. That He died on the cross to pay for my sin and for yours. You may have even been in church for years. You may have known about Jesus, but you've never known Him personally. Some hours you've been sitting there this morning, it's all begun to make a bit of sense. Maybe there's never been a time when you personally opened up your life to Him and said, Thank you, Jesus. Today I recognize you for who you really are. And today I receive you as my Savior. And my Lord, forgive me, cleanse me. I'm ready to start afresh with with you, Lord. There's a time for everything. Everything is beautiful in its time. This morning, if you would open your life to Him totally and extravagantly, God will come to you by His Spirit, He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. He will 
fill your life with goodness, His goodness. And He'll be your closest companion all the days of your life. Do you know Him? Will you receive Him this morning and become a worshiper of the Most High God? I'd love to pray with you. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree touching anything, it shall be done. It'll be a huge privilege this morning for me to agree with you as you open your life to him. Let me agree with you. Let's seal it this morning. Let's pray, shall we?